0: On one of the Slack channels I hang out on, someone asked an interesting question. What's a good product that suffered from bad marketing? Well, I gave a few examples, some of which I'll share below, and I initially thought the point was that if the marketing isn't good, then the product won't survive to be remembered. And this is definitely true. There are some exceptions. We do remember a few of the failures. This is because they come from companies who are so big that everything they release is news. But the fact is that good product and good marketing usually go together, not always, And there's a reason for this. If the product is good because someone made good product management decisions, that is, found and articulated a problem for which people will pay for a solution, that makes it a lot more likely marketing will know that story and so can do the things to get the right prospects in the door and pitch them on the product and get them into the sales funnel. But all of this led me to think about product failures in general, and it came to me. The famous first lines of Leo Tolstoy's Anna Karenina. ignition. Hi, this is Nels Davis, and you're listening to All the Responsibility, None of the Authority, episode 327. In this podcast, we answer the questions I and others have about the realities of product management, product marketing, going to market, and innovation. If you have a question about product management, you can check out my episodes. I might have answered it. And if I didn't, let me know, and I'll do an episode about your question. My goal for this podcast is to give you the best mental models, tools, Techniques and secrets for creating value in the world and delivering solutions to problems that need solving. I'm hoping these insights and approaches will up your game, accelerate your career, and help you get more value to market faster. This is episode number 327. What is the famous first line of Leo Tolstoy's Anna Karenina? Happy families are all alike. Every unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. And one way to interpret that is that a lot of things have to go right for a family to be happy. So happy families. All have those things going for them, and they all have them in common. But you only need to get one of those things wrong for happiness to flee. And to bring that into the product world, similarly, a lot of things have to go right for a product to succeed. You know, in the jargon of product management, and as you've heard me talk about before, all successful products solve a problem we're solving. All successful products provide at least a good enough solution that has some kind of differentiation from other alternative solutions. All successful companies know how to reach and persuade the people with the problem that their solution is their best alternative. In other words, all successful products share those three characteristics in the same way that all happy families have got all the happy family stuff going on. Whereas unsuccessful products have fallen down in one or more of those areas. When we ask about a good product but with bad marketing, it's just one of the many ways a product can fail. Google Wave is an example I often use of a good product that wasn't marketed well. And the problem with failed products, again, is that they failed, and so no one ever used them, so other people didn't learn about them, and so they're hard to bring to mind. That's why Google products are often the best answers to these questions. Google is often really bad at marketing and positioning, but they are big enough that anything they launch gets some brain space for us to remember later. Anyway... Google Wave was probably a good product. The people who built it at Google Australia really liked it anyway. But it was marketed as a solution to every problem, rather than a solution to a specific problem. I believe that to take a product to market successfully, you have to, first of all, solve a defined problem that's worth solving, and second, have a defined segment that has that problem to whom you can market. You know, I tried out Google Wave when it came out, and I couldn't figure out what to do with it. And Google wasn't helping me. Google didn't do that with Wave. They didn't do it with Google Glass, their augmented reality glasses. They didn't do it with Google Plus. And they'll probably continue not to do that with whatever else they launch. Now, there are some exceptions. Sometimes Google doesn't try to solve a problem for everyone. And in fact, they do have that one product that really mints money. What's the difference between it and Google Wave? Well, that product, of course, is their various advertising offerings. I'm just going to call it Google Ads, although there's quite a few offerings that live under that umbrella. But the key point is the following. Their ad product is not marketed as a solution to all problems. There's a very clearly defined segment who want to achieve a very clearly defined outcome and Google offered them a significantly differentiated way to get that outcome. This raised their chances of winning by a lot. And of course they had a very good solution that did what was promised for the segment with the problem. Now if you look at any successful product this is going to be the case. There's a segment that really really needs a solution. The segment might be big, or it might be small, but you're going to find success by at least initially marketing to that segment, even if the product is for everyone. So what about a good product that doesn't solve an urgent problem? Well, most of those fail, but every now and then there's a miracle. If you've heard of Alex Osterwalder, of the, the guy that invented the business model canvas, he talks about Nespresso. And he talks about how Nestle invented the Nespresso machine, you know, the little coffee maker with the pods, and then tried to sell it to small businesses and offices for making coffee on-site. They thought they'd make money by selling the machines, and the capsules would kind of be a commodity they'd fulfill. But this did not work. Basically, the offices didn't need that solution for whatever reason. Now, according to Osterwalder, they then came up with a different business model that involves selling to consumers and using a razor and blades business model. But it wasn't really a marketing failure. It was a problem-finding failure. They were trying to sell a solution to a segment that didn't have the problem, at least not one that was solved by Nespresso or not solved better than other alternatives. So what happened, luckily for Nestle, is that they discovered there was a segment that had a problem that the Nespresso solved. It's the same machine, the same good product, and the same capsules, but they found an actual problem that an actual segment had, which was people at home who wanted good coffee but didn't want to learn how to run a Nespresso machine. In fact, often they're cheaper than espresso machines as well. And they suddenly were able to sell it. They were still selling the machines through manufacturers, but they became the sole sellers of the capsules, and those were very profitable. But even though their way to market changed, and Alex Osterwalder would call this a business model change, what really happened is they found a new problem that luckily they had the solution for already. To be honest, I think this is why he had to write the new book, The Value Proposition Canvas, Because changing the value proposition is, in my opinion, a much better explanation for how Nespresso succeeded. The value proposition drives the business model, not the other way around. And you can have a really great business model and you can goof around with it all over the place, but if you don't have a value proposition, meaning you solve a problem for a specific segment, with some differentiators, it doesn't matter what your business model is. I talked about two products that failed, or failed and then succeeded in the Nestle case. And one product that was very successful by a company that is famous for making unsuccessful products, that's Google Ads. So what can we learn from this? What are the takeaways? Well, here's two. Successful products have to hit on all cylinders. A worthwhile problem, a good differentiated solution, and an effective go-to-market, meaning a targeted segment. You've heard me talk about all of this before on the podcast. Now, if your product is not successful, I've given you a lens through which to inspect it. Does it solve a valid, urgent problem for a market segment that wants to pay for a solution? Does it solve the problem well and in a differentiated way? Are you reaching the right prospects with your marketing? Are you qualifying and objection handling and demoing in a way that ensures the prospects understand your solution is their best choice? If not, you can use this lens to understand where you're failing and proceed to fix that. I'm going to leave you with this quote repurposed from Leo Tolstoy. Successful products are all alike. Every unsuccessful product is unsuccessful in its own way. And if your product is struggling, it's up to you to figure out what's causing it to fail. In the show notes, you'll find a few links to some related articles and books, including my article on the secret product management framework, which is about finding market problems, creating solutions to those problems, and taking the solutions to market. I'll include a link to the Alex Osterwalder talk about the business model canvas, which includes the Nespresso story. And, oh, by the way, my book, The Secret Product Manager Handbook, is all about the Secret Product Management Framework. You can get that from Amazon and paperback or on the Kindle. And of course, there's links to all these things on the show notes at alltheresponsibility.com slash 327. If you have questions you'd like me to answer on this podcast, I'd love to hear them. Feel free to leave a comment in the show notes or drop me an email at nils at nilsdavis.com. This has been episode number 327 of All the Responsibility, None of the Authority. And until the next episode, this is Nels Davis. Bye bye. Fire. Four, three, two, one. We have ignition.